We're live with Get Valiant number 164. Welcome to uh, the apocalypse. <laughs> and that it is. It seems to be at least. Yeah, sounds about right. Yep. What has been up with you fellas? Nothing. Just trying to get headphones to work. Just trying to yeah. stay safe here in Minnesota. Luckily, I'm a couple hours away from all the craziness, but uh, a lot of my friends have been involved in the protests, and yeah, there's there's a lot going on right now. Yeah, out here in Seattle as well, we got a, a bunch going on too, so having to close work early a couple days for things, but uh, ultimately, uh, hopefully, hopefully social change is happening, so... Fingers crossed. Yep. So all we can do is whatever we can and try to hope things are going to move in a positive direction. That's right. That's right. You know what? Today's a long overdue uh, show that we, uh, we've we been kind of wanting to do for a long, long time. Josh, do you have your bloodshot shirt on? I don't. I've had such a stress today that it, I have not. I'm not very ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, blood shit. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, a blood shit kind of day, you know. <laughs> Here you Here you So. Then <laughs> we got Aaron on. Thanks for jumping on, Aaron. So, appreciate yeah. appreciate people jumping on the chat with us. So. Yeah, uh we're going to talk Bloodshot. Bloodshot movie uh came out on I was going to say February 21st, but that's not true. Um, it came out in March and March, March 13th. 13th, the Friday the 13th. And it was Friday the 13th that really stopped everything. And it only had a couple week, a week, a couple week. Um, had a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Had a weekend on the theater. And then it has now become Blu-ray, uh, 4K and extended version. So if you haven't seen it, you should have. Yeah. We're going to spoil um, the shit out of it. Yeah. Hopefully everybody has seen the movie. If you have not, then I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> um, we, we definitely hope that you have seen the movie and maybe you're okay with spoilers before you go see it. You know, um, that could be okay too. Um, otherwise, if you have not seen the movie yet, we definitely recommend pausing go and watch the movie immediately and then come back and make sure that you're watching uh, this. Uh, we're definitely going to go through as much as we possibly can um, and try to dive deep into the movie. Um, a lot of different aspects of it. So definitely ready to talk about this. It's uh, as Hoosier said, it's overdue, long overdue. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, let's start off like where where we where we watch the movie. I know we talked about it. If you are new to the show, subscribe. We've talked about this a lot. Some of our past videos, um, whether here at Hoodoo TV with Get Valiant or through the Get Valiant channel, uh, which we moved over. Um, we talked about the the trailer a lot. We uh, actually, I think we actually did a uh, trailer reactions, and we talked a lot about the trailer. But let's talk about where you watched the movie. Uh, where did you go see the movie at? Eric. So I got to see it for the first time before it came out on uh, the, 
I want to say it was the Tuesday before it came out, I got to go watch it. And um, I saw it in IMAX for the first time as a pre-screening. Um, so that was absolutely amazing. I got to go see it for free and um, watch it in IMAX for free. So that was a pretty intense, amazing experience. Definitely something that I would recommend seeing this movie in IMAX. It was it was massive. Um, the theater was completely packed. Obviously, it was before COVID hit, but it was, um, yeah, the theater was completely packed uh, to capacity. They were turning people away. And, um, yeah, it was an amazing experience to get to see it for the first time in that setting. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't get to see IMAX myself, but what about you, Josh? Uh, can you hear me? Uh, somewhat. Can you hear me better? My, head, little, I, yeah. my headphones yeah. suck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a gamer headset on that I don't ever use. That's how bad my uh, headphone situation has gotten. Um, I saw you look like that, that guy okay. that tried to call me and asked me uh, if I, I wanted to give him my debit card number or something. You know? <laughs> no, sir. No, I you don't like want to give it to mic. you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I saw it that Friday that it came out. Uh, that was also the last time I did anything social with anyone. I got to go see it with a couple of friends. And it was like the last day off I had where I went out. I got comic books. And I bought a, a Gundam model. Because I, I do Gundam models sometimes. And then that night we went out and saw it. The theater was not packed. My theater had like five other people. Uh, and that was probably about it. Yeah. You know, and by then people were already kind of scared about COVID, and I mean the movie theater was just like a ghost town, as it were. Right. So it wasn't. It didn't seem like a case of, oh, we don't want to see it. It seemed like no one's going to the movies. So that was kind of my takeaway from the experience. Oh, we lost you, Hoosier. Can can you hear me now? Uh, that yes. really sucked because you and I, Josh, were supposed to actually go see that movie together. Uh, Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, we were going to have that, and that got canceled because of COVID, which really sucked. Um, but luckily, there was still, sadly that you weren't with me, but I still got to go along with uh, Chris the Bald Moose, uh, a couple people from Valiant Fans, Aaron, Aaron Nagy, who's in the chat, some press people. Um, yeah, Todd Lewis. Um, you know, so we got to see it with some really cool people, and it was fun seeing it in this setting with you know, but it was still only half full, and that was a press a press field. Yeah, so. I just remember being so mad about that entire week because uh, a lot of shit in the background for me and Hoosier on that. You know, yeah, I mean, we we haven't even scratched the surface. Do what? not ever stay at the Westin, and do not ever book through booking.com. Yeah, live those words. We are totally against them. Uh, but uh, that's a discussion for another time. But I remember being like, having people um, – I had, like, a lot of, like, weird, like, conversations with Valiant through other people that week where people were like, hey, Valiant wants to get a hold of you. Okay, they, they have my contact info. You know, hey, Valiant's going to email you. Okay, they've got my contact info. Like, a lot of that. And, uh, and then they're like, hey, we want to invite you to the screening – before you would even arrive. And I was really bummed because I thought, oh man, like everybody I know is going to be at the movie. I'm not going to get there until Thursday morning. So everybody will have already seen the movie. Well, <laughs> that didn't happen. 
<laughs> yeah. Because I didn't even go because the whole trip sucked. Uh, fuck the Westin and fuck booking.com. Um, <laughs> How do you really feel? <laughs> I hope they all burn. <laughs> so, so Aaron, they canceled Emerald City Comic Con and we tried to get our canceled from uh, booking. Uh, and then they said get it from Marriott, which is the West End. The Marriott West End said get it from Booking, and then they kept pointing the fingers back and forth. I think they just wanted us to be there to get sick because that was the beginning of COVID. Um, so, yeah, I highly don't recommend anything Marriott um, Booking uh, West End. So, but yeah, dude, that that would have that would have stunk if everybody's seen it before you got there in town. Um, Sorry, but. We got to see the movie, and it finally came out. We finally got to see a Bloodshot movie. Um, so first first impressions. First impressions. What did you think, Eric? So, um, like I said, it was amazing to see it in IMAX. Um, it was a huge experience. I mean, I'm a massive Bloodshot fan, as anybody who watches the show probably is aware. Um, and that that man that first experience of seeing the movie it it pretty well blew me away um it was definitely an intense experience uh for me um i don't think that the movie was perfect and that would have been my my first thing but i do think that the movie captured bloodshot the concept of who the character is i think vin diesel did a good job um you know and and getting into that, that core of the character was what I really wanted to make sure the movie had, and I thought it was there. So for me, like that that experience, that um, takeaway from seeing it the first time was, you know, this is a bloodshot movie. You know, all else aside, positives, negatives, whatever, at least it was a bloodshot movie, and it wasn't just a movie called Bloodshot, if that makes any sense. I mean, my takeaway on it was it was it was really entertaining. Um, I liked it a lot. I wouldn't say I loved it. It was it was really good, but I mean, like I do feel like there's a couple uh, things missing to it. But you know, I thought Vin was great as Bloodshot. I think that's one of the mo- like the first thing they even say about the movie is I think that he really did understand the character. You know, so whether he had hair or not, Sean Hayes, um, <laughs> you know, I thought he got the character down. And I think the story had enough. I thought the story was pretty, pretty interesting too. You know, because for me, and I was thinking about this today, I don't. We you don't really see like what killed him originally. You know, like we know that in the program, what caused Bloodshot to be killed. You know, because he relives it so many times, but we don't know anything about it. And I feel like there there is that extra level of uh, mystery. Now I only saw the movie once, so maybe like if it does explain it, then I missed it. I only saw it one time. But uh, I, th- I thought it had a really intelligent story. I I really liked a lot of the background players within the movie, too. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, first impressions, like, acting was good. It looked good. You know, I mean, it was fun. Yeah. I, I have to say for just a, a action-filled movie, it was a fun movie. Um, there... I mean, I didn't care about the hair. Um, I would have liked to have seen the white skin, skin, and and you know the red circle a little bit, or the red glow a little bit more. Um, I was okay with the glow kind of feel. Um, I do think it, it, it did it did entertain, and it did have that bloodshot feel where you still felt like you were you were dealing with bloodshot. 
Uh, some of the story was good. Um, I guess I may have spoiled it by reading the novel um, and having the really in-depth pieces of the novel. Um, it, I didn't expect that to be the case. I did not expect a novel that was written about the script to come out to be, you know, um, impress me more than the movie. And I think we missed a little bit. Um, part of that was due to some of the, the ending changes. Um, and, and then just kind of kind of the pieces that were that were just there that there was more in-depth character building around chainsaw they actually called themselves chainsaw in the book they did not do that in the movie and I kind of would have dug that a little bit more um, I liked the I liked the supporting characters um, I did like having um, C, uh, KT in, in that realm there was a piece that was in the the deleted scenes that really missed out when um, um, Guy Pierce was telling him, Hey, who won the Olympics this year? And he's like, looks over and it was KT. Oh, it was you. How do I know that though? And then like, Hey, what's this math quiz? And he, I have no idea. And then he answers it. And it's just kind of cool. You see the nanots, the robots, the, the processors working inside of them, which I felt like that was missing to a degree. I know we had the airplane manual pulled up. Um, that was kind of, that was a little cheesy to that manner a little bit, but it was it was still entertaining, um, having them repeated this process so many times, and it's kind of like step for step. I don't know who was fixing that column in the building that quick that he punched and cracked up. That was quick, but that might be just looking at some of the details. But that was kind of interesting, and it it I but it, but again I liked it. I liked it. I um I thought it was entertaining. It was a great first Valiant movie, and. It left me wanting more. It left me wanting to uh, know more about uh, what's next, really, what, what adventures can they go on. And I think if it was to continue to going, continue going, we would get a lot more in-depth of Bloodshot because um, just the character and where they left him and then the changes they had for him to actually not need to have the, uh, the table anymore and it would get into Bloodshot needing the protein. I would have loved that, so... Ultimately, it was fun. Um, sight, the special effects were good, so I dug it. Yeah, I always wonder like what I would think of it if I wasn't a, a like a really big Bloodshot fan, because you know if, if I could just view it as just a Vin Diesel movie or just like another comic book movie, uh, I wonder what that experience would be for me because I'm just so close to this, and mm -hmm. there's there is kind of that part of me where I'm just like ah, I just know everything about this so well, I'm so into it it's so much of my life even, you know, a little bit like being so into Valiant that I'm, I'm almost like, man, I just don't know how to react to it because we're too close almost, you know, it's like our thing. But I, I think that there's possibly a way where I wouldn't have some of the gripes that I have if I wasn't such a fan, if that makes any sense, maybe. That actually is kind of, that right there is a big thing for me. Like, I really think that a lot of the things that, seemed like little like oh they should have done this or they shouldn't have done that comes from me knowing so much about the character and having such an intimate relationship with the character for such a long time being so invested in all the comics as they come out and um you know reading them for years and watching the movie come together the way that we got to and um you know seeing the previews and being so invested in every step of the process you know i think that led to a different viewing um, another thing I will say, like Hoosier was talking about how 
having read the book first changed his uh, ability to enjoy the movie. I'm really glad that I didn't read the book until after I saw the movie because I definitely can see where Hoosier's coming from there. I think if I had read the book first, um, it, there would have I would have noticed like, oh, this scene is missing or um, oh, that scene they cut short and they missed this little snippet that I thought would have been really cool. Um, and yeah, I, I think that there were little things that the book did, the book had that the movie didn't. However, what I will say is that the movie had stuff that the book didn't. In the book, um, Wiggins is barely a character. Like he's not hardly there at all. They really, really, yeah, they got such an awesome actor to play him that they had to really ramp up um, his involvement. So I thought that that was something that the movie did that the book didn't have. So I definitely think that there were some differences. Um, I'd be interested if anybody else has read the book and seen the movie, what they thought about the differences between the two. Um, But yeah, I do think that um, having seen the movie first was the way to go. Yeah, you know, and I couldn't even believe how much I liked Wiggins in the movie. Like, yeah. He, he popped up on screen, and uh, I was just like, holy shit, this guy's great, man. Like, put him in the comics. Like, that's how much I like the character, you know, and I don't know how people would feel about that. But to me, I thought, that's a great character. He right. such a likable component to the Bloodshot movie. You could inject, to me at least, you could inject him into the comic book universe. I would probably be like, awesome. Exactly what I want. You know, he was he was a great amount of comic relief because I think that it would be a little hard if you didn't have someone who did kind of make you laugh within that movie. It would kind of make it a, a little bit of a slower movie for me, at least. Uh, he was great comic relief. Yeah, I think Bloodshot is such a serious, brooding character most of the time that you really need that that comic relief. You need somebody that's going to lighten the mood here and there. Um, yeah. I thought I thought having Wiggins and and taking advantage of having such a great hilarious actor playing him really made a lot of sense and I'm glad that they did it that way and I'm glad that they made that change from what I assume was the original script that the book was based on. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I liked the Wiggins piece. I think that was a lot of the actor's personality coming out there which is is really good to uh uh, to do that, I mean, I think that goes credit to to the director there to see something like that and to keep running with it. So I give that that there. Um, you know, there there were pieces that where it seemed like the story, you know, kind of was running on that same piece a little bit. And I don't know. I guess to a degree, I wish it would have developed further and went to a, a like had another act there and further act to come about with it. Um, but it was fast paced. It did move quick and we did get to see, you know, some, some cool fight scenes. Um, I did like some of the choreograph, uh, choreography of the fight scenes. Um, and to, to, to all of that, like there's not, there's really not a lot I could say bad about it. And I like love the Wiggins character, like you said, Josh, and having him in a comic book, having him in that would be fantastic. I mean, he does remind me of a good, um, you know, backup character, supporting character in a lot of other comics and a lot of other things that happen. You know, um, I mean, if you watch The Flash, he reminds you of Cisco, right? He's the guy who's in the background doing all the tech stuff, um, which I think there's an element that's possibly needed in Valiant Universe for a person of that nature to do to do those. Um, 
You know, I mean, you have Ninjak having his own, but like, where does he get all of his tech stuff? It seems like he has it, but it, we're not necessarily seeing the development of it. So, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. like, I think, I think there's a there's a way to put him in. There's a, there's probably a bunch of ways to put him in. You know, you could have him as just like a guy who works at MI6 or something like that. You know, or he's just like some guy that Bloodshot knows to buy guns off of or something like that. You know, who knows? But I feel like there's a way to do it. You yeah, know, you put him in some dude way. who is working for Omen or Black Bar or something like that right now, and. Yeah. You know, switches it around from there, or he's one of the good guys that works on um, the burned right now, and doesn't decide to backstab him. I think there'd be some cool stories there for a character like Wiggins to, you know, not even have to retcon it, just put it right in with it right now. Um, you're not necessarily going to be canon to the movie, which is what we probably would all like. So, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I think that you could uh, put him in there. Um, without making it a retcon, without having to have the same origin as the movie, you could just take that character and what was so much, what was so good about that character, and put him into the comics without needing the same backstory. Um, another character that was really awesome that there's been talk of putting into the comics was KT. Um, I thought that she was really well done. I think. Um, is it Isa, Aza Gonzalez, whatever her name is. I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. Yeah, Isa. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, I thought that she did an amazing job. Um, if you watch the extra features, um, she talks about how she was injured when she had to film that underwater kata scene, but she powered through and did it, and it turned out amazing. Um, it looks really good in the movie. It's a really powerful moment, and, um, you know, it she is the heart of the movie is what they kept saying in the interviews before the movie came out. And I thought that that really came through, you know, um, she, she helped bloodshot get to where he needed to be. She manipulated the situation. So, so that bloodshot could, you know, break out of the cycle or, or he never would have, he would have just stayed in that cycle of, um, you know, being manipulated. Yeah. So, um, I thought that she was a really important character to the story, and that's another character that um, you know we could see inserted into the comics in a lot of different ways without necessarily having to have the same backstory. Yeah. Um, and I think that could be really cool. Yeah, and, and I mean, and to go off of that, one of the um, one of the things, the gripe. I said I didn't have a gripe, but I did have one gripe, and that was just the fact that they made it so known that it was um, Ray Garrison, that they yeah. did put in that little hint of it. Is it possibly Ray Garrison? Who is he really? Um, could there be more to this? And that was him just validating it with that, with his girlfriend, ex-wife, whatever she was, and that her name is still Garrison five, 10 years later down the road. Um, Even though she's got a kid and yeah, I got a kid with somebody, somebody else. else. Yeah. I thought that was quite, that was that I didn't, well, I didn't like that. Um, I wish that they would have done something where she picked up the phone and she called uh, the, the the doc and said, hey, he was just here. You know what I mean? And it, it leaves you like, okay, why did she just call him? You know, how did that happen? And and where did they pull those memories from for to write the engrams? And so that if it was maybe hit the maybe it was the doc's ex-wife or his current wife which would have been really interesting and cool you could have just shown a picture of her with with him in the in the hallway as she closed the door 
Um, and it would have left, it would have been really interesting. And it would have you, is this really Ray Garrison or was that an engram there? Um, because they did leave it just like, yep, it's Ray. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, that would be my biggest gripe that I had when I saw the movie, when I came away from it was, um, I just felt when I, when I watched it for the first time, I felt like there needed to be another layer of mystery to it. And I think that that would have been perfect by, by confirming for sure that he is Ray Garrison. That did something that the comics didn't do for years and years. I mean, there was a long time in the comics when we had no idea who he really was. Is he Angelo? Is he Ray? Is he somebody else that we've never even heard of because his true identity was never input into any of the programs, yeah. you know? So there's, there's so much mystery that was there um, that they wiped away within this first movie. That would probably be the biggest negative that I have about the movie. Um, there's so much good. It's such a great movie in so many ways. Um, and that's one of those gripes that you can only have if you're really into the comics, if you're not really into the comics, you're not going to notice, Oh, they confirmed that it's Ray. They shouldn't have done that. Well, it was just part of the movie and you would take it as part of the movie. If you didn't really know that. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, I had a couple gripes. Um, The biggest gripe I have, I think like in retrospect, I don't know if this was my biggest gripe after I saw it, but it's, it's probably my biggest gripe now with the movie is that, We've, we've been privy to so much information um, kind of like behind the scenes, if you will, you know, talking to Dinesh and the things that they had planned and and knowing what the plan was all along with Bloodshot, like where it was going to go. We were going to have Harbinger. We we're going to have Harbinger Wars. And then seeing the way that things have changed with it, you know, I to me, it's kind of like a huge disappointment to know that, like, this doesn't lead to anything else, really. It could but I don't think it's going to because I just think that DMG or whatever is just going to kind of be like, we did it and we're done and uh, we're going to move on, you know? And it's just too bad that we don't have more of that. Like those East, those comic book Easter eggs. There's not a lot of them, you know, there's not a lot in the movie that even makes you know that there's a, a larger Valiant universe out there. You know, you don't see anything on a computer talking about like Exo Manowar, you know, or like some talk of Loa's or, you know, a British ninja working for MI6. There's nothing like that, you know. But, uh, you know, again, though, I mean, like, I, I had to write a review of this for Outrage Geekery. And I always think that for me, it, it comes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, I just don't know how I'd feel about this whole thing if I wasn't such a fan of the character. And being such a, a fan of Valiant, you know, I want that shared experience. I want there to be little easter eggs where it's like oh there's a ninja mask you know on the wall or something like that you know or talk of psyops or heart you know we're supposed to get toyo you know after talking to you know some of the powers that be on the movie how things were going to go and so there's that disappointment but again i just think for me so much of it comes down to being such a fan being such a hardcore fan knowing what we know about it and not getting those things yeah. You know, I don't care about things like the hair. I don't, I, you know, and one thing I honestly don't care about that was such a big deal to so many people was the PG 13 rating. Yeah. Know, I thought the movie actually handled violence pretty well. I would have maybe liked one more action scene. The scene, I, it would maybe be like the second time we see Bloodshot go out and it's just like the predator vision on the computers, you know, seeing him knock things down, but we don't see him actually like 
visually doing it. I wish there was a lot more visuals on that scene. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, one thing that I always thought about the movie after seeing it is it felt like a weird, like, big budget indie movie because the cast is so small and it's so intimate. And there's some money involved, but there's not a ton. I mean, it's not like a $100 million movie. You know, where there's just like gigantic explosions all over the place and just tons and tons of people and tons of actors. Like, it's, it's really intimate. And I, and I like that about it. You know, it's something different for an action movie. But just want that bigger, valiant experience overall. Doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the movie, though. I mean, I still enjoy it. Yeah. I, I mean, I really liked that ending um, pool scene on the deleted scene. That was pretty dang cool. Um, the, I, I mean, it was sad to see the ending of the uh, the optic guy with the optics. Um, how he comes, yeah. Tibbs, who they Tib. didn't really do a whole lot with. I thought, you know, like yeah, you never got to see the guy snipe anything. That's what's sad. <laughs> well, think about this. Well, like the, the movie's so small, the cast is so small, it's so intimate. Like that dude that was like that had the Bad Boys Two DVD on his desk. We got to hear more from him, and he didn't do shit either. You know, like Tib yeah. is like the guy who has like the smallest role in the entire movie, and he's he's like one like a big part of the bad guys. Yeah, I agree. Um, Tibbs, I thought was a great character that had a lot of potential that they didn't do much with. So I'll definitely he agree like with that. Like a good guy too, still. Who was right? That? Like he was. He was conflicted. He wasn't just. Oh. He wasn't Dalton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I wish they would have had the ending. Like I I felt like not giving it away that it's Ray Garrison and having his like I need to figure out who I am. Be the closure. Let's go figure out who I am. Would have been a cool ending to the movie to kind of move it forward and what's next, you know. And and like Josh is completely right. Just like some mention of, you know, there's some weird freaking guy in Rome right now blowing shit up, you know, just, or, you know, mention some, some slight mention of, of, uh, Exo Manowar somewhere though. The, 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 the crazy old guy and the crazy guy with the, the, with the armor in Nebraska, you know, just anything would have been like, that would have been pretty damn funny and cool. Um, or at least, you know, Something with uh, Harbinger, if there was at least just the Harbinger bird on one of the desks, but we kind of know the Paramount didn't have that. Um, but just, well, yeah, seeing that. How cool would it have been, though, if we would have had a cut scene where you see, like, Rampage, like, getting woken up out of his bloodshot uh, simulation or whatever, you know? Like, that would have been tits, man. One of the former employees is already making their own Rampage, you know? like Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, if you, look at, if you look at how the movie is set up, where they're trying to sell this tech to the government, you know, the highest bidder and yeah. all this kind of stuff. It would make total sense to have someone else out there who's like, hey, you, you think Bloodshot was cool or Ray Garrison, you think he's cool. Well, look what I've got. And he's right. the same thing, but more controllable. Well, they could have had him working in the background because they said he's only got like one more run in him and then we're going to get rid of him. And yeah. like that would have been funny. Like, here's why we only have one more run because we have this guy right here in the in the wings ready to go i don't know that and that's just one of those wishful fan fan fiction thinking of what it does and it gets us you know thinking which is good um and i'm glad that it's not like oh it was so bad that you know they should have changed everything on the movie i wanted to talk about um a point that aaron brought up in the comments you know saying that he felt like the ending was too open-ended 
I really felt like, um, yeah, there, there was no clear path. Um, for me, what I thought was great was that the ending was open-ended the way that it was, and that it ended on that idea that, um, you know, your past doesn't define your future. So all of the whole movie was just um, Bloodshot dealing with his past, and then it ends with him saying, the future is an open slate. You know, I, I thought that to me, like, gave the movie a theme. It gave the movie a meaning that I really liked. I'm putting this in the chat because I have to say it. Um, and it's kind of another thing that I guess I do have a gripe, but um, <laughs> I just did not like the cliche of riding off into the sunset. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I get it, you know, because it, it did seem like too happy of an ending for the character. But that was perfect because Wiggins pointed it out. He's like, doesn't this seem too perfect? Are you got? Are we sure this isn't a sit? Yeah, you got stacks of hundreds in the in the background. So that's kind of the thing. If you slow down some images, you see so much more there than what you really see. Um, but it, it, I don't know. It was just overly cliche. I, I I think that having like such a happy ending, like it's kind of a, a bit weird, but. I, I think so much had to be changed. It doesn't seem like if, if things were going to go through how they were originally planned, I don't think we get that ending. You know, like where it's just him and him and Bloodshot and the gang just driving off into the sunset in their Winnebago or their trailer. And, uh, you know, but I don't know. I mean, what else are we supposed to do when we don't have any idea of what the future holds for this version, this iteration of Bloodshot? We don't know what the movies, the future of these movies are. We don't know what Dan Mintz and DMG plan on doing with any of this stuff. So, I mean, if, I think if nothing else, like, I'm kind of okay with the ending, you know, just because it does kind of give it a bit of closure. If there's nothing else, it gives the character that bit of closure in this so one thing that Dan Mintz has said uh, a couple of times in some of the interviews that he's done is no, that, no. huh? Oh, go ahead. Oh, one of the things Dan Mintz has said in some of the interviews that he's done is that um, he has compared Bloodshot to Blade. Yeah. What, what Blade was for Marvel. So instead of trying to think of Bloodshot as being, you know, the kickoff to a Valiant cinematic universe, thinking of it as being, you know, this is an opportunity to put one of our characters on the screen with an actor that has name recognition and, you know, just get something out there and kind of proof of concept that this character can't, Howard the Duck, that this character can, uh, this the universe has characters that can make good, successful movies. And then you build a universe after that. So for me, like, I would be fine if this, you know, maybe we get a Bloodshot 2. And then beyond it, we get a universe that either doesn't include Bloodshot, which would be sad, or has a new recast Bloodshot. Either way... I would be totally fine with it. Even if all we get from Bloodshot is his own series of movies, if we just get Bloodshot and Bloodshot 2 and whatever, however many sequels, I would be fine with that. And if there's a Valiant universe that doesn't include Bloodshot, because unfortunately in the comics, 
there aren't a lot of times when Bloodshot crosses over with the rest of the universe. I mean, there was the Valiant and a little bit in Bloodshot USA. But other than that, he kind of is off doing his own thing. So if that's how it ended up in the movies, I think I would be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, he, he rubs elbows with the Valiant universe a little bit more than that. But, I mean, I mean, even in, like, the early days, you know, he ran Eternal Warrior and VH3, if we want to call it that, or VEI era. I mean, we had Hardcore and Gen Zero and, you know, a lot of Toyo. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, if, if this is what the end of it is, you know, which it'd be too bad. I think that there's a lot of potential here, especially with Vin. I mean, I, I, I know that Vin's one of those polarizing actors where people either like him or hate him, you know, and people will just be like, ah, I hate Vin Diesel. He's the same shit in every movie. I don't know. I didn't think he was that in this one. He didn't really come off to me as like the same character he always is. He just kind of looks like the same character he always is, you know. He's always just the bald guy, you know, in a tank top sleeveless shirt at some point you know that has to happen in every movie he's in you know but um he was believable as bloodshot i just thought you know he, he did it he did it justice yeah and uh if that's all it is i think it's too bad you know because just so you know i think i think it's a hard thing to just scrap something and then be like well we have to work on it again and we have to get everybody new and i even thought for like dave wilson like his first full movie directing it was a solid effort, man. Yeah. So, in a way, the COVID kind of gave an easy out of the movie, not if it was not successful, kind of being successful, right? So it looks like right now, today, it, it, it's saying the box office numbers internationally and domestically totaled $29 million. Um, we, we mentioned Blade, which totaled $131 million. Um, so Far Cry... Um, from Blade, and that was the lowest of the Blades. So Blade 2, 154, Blade Trinity, 131 as well. Um, we almost got up to um, the horrible Punisher movie with 54 million. Wait, so. which horrible one? Uh, I, I, I just figured I'd say the Punisher and know it was horrible So because they haven't done oh, a good movie. They did, they've done a great series. <laughs> I was going to say, Punisher Warzone is like kind of like bad it's good it's so violent it's like <laughs> over the top violent ridiculously violent yeah the point where it's like pretty entertaining <laughs> but the thomas jane one where thomas jane was on he was a good punisher in a really really bad movie whereas regular uh oh i can't even remember the guy that was in Warzone. anyway it don't matter i mean and that comes up to birds of prey they say that one's done 198 million. I mean, but that one had a full two weeks before Bloodshot. So, yeah. I guess That's if it would have opened in February and not moved back. But you know, like Harley Quinn is a bigger name. Oh yeah. Than Bloodshot. You know, there's a lot more built up on that. You know, we had Harley Quinn in a really, pardon anyone who liked this movie, but a really shitty Suicide Squad movie. And uh, I mean, like people generally think that think of Harley Quinn is like the best thing from that. So it makes sense that people like obviously we're going to go to that, you know. But um, Bloodshot's a little bit of a harder sell, I think, you know, because no one really knows who he is. Had they made this movie like in like 1998? Yeah, I mean, but Ghost Rider still did quite a bit more too, and yeah. you can't say anything good about that movie. I just think it's a really 
unfair to compare Bloodshot's box office to anything. Like right. you can't if if there was any of those movies had opened, you know, the week that a global pandemic hit that shut down all theaters, then you could compare them. But unless that happened, I mean, you really can't. You know, um, like I said, even even the Harley Quinn movie, um, it had multiple weeks of normal theater attendance, whereas Bloodshot didn't even have a full week of normal theater attendance. You know, by the time the weekend hit that Bloodshot was released, because I got to go see it on Tuesday, by Friday, people didn't want to go to the movies because COVID was becoming a thing. So you didn't really even have one solid weekend for that movie to perform. So I really don't think that you can compare the bloodshot box office performance to anything. Like I think that the, the box office numbers are meaningless. Yeah. The post that, box office numbers are very interesting though, because it ended up being like the number one streaming movie. I want to say the first weekend that it came out on streaming and then the pre-orders pushed for the Blu-ray and the uh, HD disc and all that ended up making it like the number one disc sale. Yeah. So it's had really good success. I don't know quite what the numbers are, but it, it was number one as far as those kind of uh, categories go. Yeah, and, and Eric, I, I think you missed the part where I think that's part where COVID kind of comes in in the timing of it to where it does make it hard to to, to measure it up against those. It's uh, quite interesting when you look at it because, like I said, it may have done it a favor because if the numbers have not been good, right, it's one of those ones where you can't really say either way. I think, and maybe this is just because I'm a Bloodshot fan, I think that it would have performed well. I don't think that it would have broken any records. I don't think that it would have, um, you know, been the most amazing thing ever. I don't think that it would have um, performed, you know, beyond belief, but I do think that it would have performed well. I do think that we would have seen a solid showing, and I think that it would have justified a sequel, but unfortunately, we'll never really know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, like, if, if everything was a, a normal weekend and Bloodshot goes up against the movies that it went up against, I think it was number one. I think it wins the box office that weekend. Yeah, and and maybe wins it the weekend after. I know that then, two weeks after it was released, was when Mulan was going to come out, and then Black Widow was going to come out. So you know, it's not going to it's not going to beat a family movie. In yeah. Mulan. And then Marvel's movies, they just have a track record of success. There's a lot to follow. There's so much of that universe that ends up drawing in a lot of fans. It's not going to fare well against that either, but. Again, if this is the blade of the Valiant Universe, I mean, then if it wins one big weekend at the box office, that's a success. I mean, personally, to me, who just one guy, it doesn't really matter. To me, it's a success because everything that it went up against a, a, a giant global pandemic, you know, when all that, when things started to kind of settle down, for, at least at home for people, people still wanted to see it. People streamed it made it the number one streaming movie. People made it the number one uh, disc to, to buy. So there, there's definitely demand. And, and I think there's always going to be demand for Ben Diesel movies. Yeah, there's there, there's definitely going to be. 
and, and then just looking through the the Blu-ray and DVD sales, that it was it did get number one on both of those. So and it, we also yeah had uh, there was um, something that I heard and can't confirm, but something that I heard was that it was the number one illegally streamed movie on the internet as well <laughs> for uh, the weekend that it was being released into streaming. The number so, one pirated movie too, right? Yeah. Yeah, the number one pirated movie. And I don't recommend going and pirating Bloodshot, but the fact that the people who do do that were choosing to watch Bloodshot over everything else, I think that says something. Yeah, you know? the people Again, I would steal wanted to steal Bloodshot more than anything, and that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I'm not pointing to that to say, like, it's so great that people stole Bloodshot. Oh, no, no, but it's just, it's kind of a funny, like, little thing about that movie, though. Yeah, I think that, you know, that just shows the popularity the movie had when it was coming out. People wanted to see it, and I think that if it had been in theaters, people would have gone to the, see it, the theater to see it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it would have done it, and I think people would have enjoyed to see it more. So, um, all the way around on that. One of the one of the things that I had gone on a different podcast and talked, and one of the things that I had thought about was, what else would you have liked to have seen? Um, um, why am I brain farting on Miller's last name? Um, the director. Why am I brain farting on his name? Dan Wilson. I would have loved, and I still would love, because if you guys have seen, and I've talked about it, is um, Love, Death, and Robots. His uh, Sonny's Edge, the very first episode of Love, Death, and Robots, is freaking amazing. That's Dan Wilson. If you would see him in a Rye, to be able to do that type of feel with a Rye movie would just be like part of that animated Love, Death, Robots style, Dan Wilson doing Rye. That would be sick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like Josh was saying before, I mean, this is Dave Wilson's first movie, right? Like, this is his first uh, full-length attempt, and mm -hmm. I thought he did really well. So I would definitely be up to see him do more Valiant. Uh, I would be up to see – I'd be interested to see what else he could do. Um, something that I think is interesting is um, multiple viewings. Now, Josh, did you say you've only seen the movie one time? I've only had the chance to see it one time. Just oh, I God. have the disc behind me in my uh, <laughs> my case. I just haven't had any time to even watch it. I need you to go watch it three more times, real quick, okay. <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, um, Hoosier, how many times have you seen the movie? Uh, twice in the theater, two times uh, digitally, and two times. So I've seen it six six times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so that's probably about as many times as I've seen it. So what, I, what I'm wondering is, you know, what did those multiple viewings do for you? Like, how did the movie change for you? How did the movie watching experience change for you as, you know, seeing it multiple times? Um, it, it let me pay attention to some of the background stuff, right? So, like I said, like when Bloodshot wakes up in Wiggins' uh, RV after, after having the date rape, he, uh, he gets to see all the money. And he gets to see a lot, you know what I mean? He gets, to, you, you, you look at more of the little details in there. Like there's stacks of hundreds, like sitting in one of the cabinets. You see that yeah. um, you look at just a lot of the, the little more details that are in the movie. I mean, that was just one of, of, of a couple. Um, but you start 
trying to see what's in the background of um, the uh, Guy Pierce. I keep forgetting that doctor's name. Uh, seeing the uh, the back Harding. Harding. Seeing what's in the back of Harding's um, whatever you want to call it. Yes, Harding's office. Uh, seeing the different things there. So I mean, there were some cool pieces that you get to see when you see it more, um, and you kind of pay attention to the story in a little different manner as well. And um, yeah, but and, and then I think as I started watching it, I was more critical view like view one and view two. And then I kind of chilled out a little bit more and tried to take it for entertainment in the further. So, yeah. So I felt like that on my second viewing. Um, I felt like the first time that I watched it, I was so hyper aware of everything happening. Um, I was so paying attention to every little detail and trying to soak it all in on my first viewing that it made the movie feel really long and drawn out. Um, because I was so, so focused on not missing anything. Whereas the second time that I watched it, I was able to just kind of sit back be like, okay, I know what's going to happen. I can just watch the movie and experience it for what it is. I felt like I actually enjoyed it quite a bit more on the second time through. And, um, I, I accepted it a lot more on that second time through. Yeah, I'll definitely have to watch it again just to see what I th- I pick up from it the second time. It, it seemed to me when I watched it the one the one time, you only hear the word bloodshot once, if I remember correctly. You know, when he's the first time he's awakened from the machine after the first time we see him die, it seemed like that's the only time we ever heard the word bloodshot mentioned in the movie. But I could be wrong. Right, I I think there's a part in the in the titles where you hear the voices talking and he kind of overhears the word, you know, bloodshot within that. I, I think there was that connection. I, or, or I'm thinking in the novel, cause they talk about it, how when he's in that sedated mode, he hears the word bloodshot and um, kind of sees the bloodshot project type of thing. Yeah. But. I think instead of a trailer, Wiggins should have had a Winnebago. And then we could have all been like, Oh man, there's like a Darpan tie in somehow, you know, <laughs> that would have been the best. Wiggins and the Winnie. Yeah, I don't know what... um, I don't know what I would have done differently about the movie. The only thing that I can think of is just... I wish that we didn't have that 100% confirmation that he was Ray Garrison. If we would have had that that doubt placed back in after he went and saw his ex-wife and you know like Hoosier said she turns around and picks up the phone and says he was just here don't worry um you said he would never ever come here why why is he here you know just something stupid yeah or I mean even even her just saying like um you know don't worry I didn't tell him who he really is he still thinks he's Ray yeah or something like that like Mm -hmm. you know he came here um thinking he's Ray Garrison, some something along those lines, you know, so that way, like, then the viewer is left to question, like, okay, maybe he's not really Ray Garrison. Who is he? Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of ways that that could have been handled, but I think that if we had something like that, where it left that, that doubt, I think that would have been the extra twist, right, that the movie needed, like, mm-hmm. because there was a little bit of the twist that the, the, um, 
the trailer gave away, which was that um, he was being manipulated into killing over and over and over again, and his his reality was a lie. So that twist was given away in the trailer. The other little bit of a twist in the movie is that um, his wife is still alive, that she didn't actually die, and that he goes and he finds her. And if we also had the twist that, oh, by the way, he's not even really, he might not even really be Ray Garrison, that I think would have been that extra level, that extra layer that would have really sold the movie for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I definitely think that we need a sequel. I think that um, if you have, you know, KT, Wiggins, and Bloodshot, you could you could put them against just about anything. Um, whether you have... Um, whether you have the rest of the Valiant Universe involved or not, I think that... Um, you know, a Bloodshot sequel could be really awesome. There's a lot of source material to pull from. Um, you could have it be uh, something like uh, some of the Bloodshot Reborn stories, Bloodshot Salvation, or you could do something completely new and uh, completely unrelated to the comics and have a, a new a new Bloodshot story. But yeah, I really think that we need a Bloodshot sequel. You know, like... I, I was thinking about this, and I and it's because I love this this comic book story so much. But I think they could do a hell of a Bloodshot Island movie. You know, where all of a sudden mm. Ray Garrison wakes up on the island, and it's just kind of like how the comic is, you know, where it's like there's all these decommissioned Bloodshots, and they're just getting hunted by another section of Rising Spirit Technologies. But the way that you make KT and Wiggins valuable with it, and you make them matter, is that they kind of are um, on the opposite side are looking for Ray, and they're the ones breaking into all the channels and, and cracking heads, or KT's cracking the heads while Wiggins does, like, the computer work, and they kind of track where he's at, you know, and, and they're the ones that help bring him home once he defeats, you know, Deathmate with the help of the other Bloodshots, and, and then free them. Plus, you could bring Bloodhound into it, and he's the best. I'm 100% on board. I think, actually, a Bloodshot Island would be a perfect sequel. Yeah, it'd be so different from the movie, the first movie. So, I think it would work. Yeah, I mean, I was speaking future of Valiant and cinema. I mean, um, here, here, here's one to give you uh, that somebody had said. Uh, speaking about Martin Scorsese, if there was a comic book movie that he was going to direct, it would probably be a Valiant movie. <laughs> Dan uh, Mitz has been all over media. Uh, the last four or five weeks um, talking about Bloodshot and Valiant movies. Hey, so, there would be more of a chance if it was Angelo Mortelli, not Ray Garrett. <laughs> yeah. Like, if it was an Italian dude just killing people, Martin Scorsese would eat that shit up, man. Right? Or, or like on Master Dark, he likes, he likes doing some of the dark stuff too at times, but not necessarily the supernatural, I don't think. I don't, I don't think... I think... Yeah, I would I would say Martin Scorsese is not going to direct a comic book movie. No. Um, but I think that what Mintz is trying to say, giving him the benefit of the doubt, give us is attention. that what? <laughs> give us attention. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Scorsese well, in comic book movies. Give us attention. <laughs> yeah. Beyond that, I think giving him the benefit of the doubt, what he's trying to say 
is that there's more there are more levels there are more layers to a valiant character and it's closer to the real world than yeah. what you get from marvel or dc yeah and i think he's saying if he were to ever do one it would probably be that because of how they relate and how they're grounded um which not necessarily wrong, but if it was a comic book movie, it probably end up being like an image comic. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like something like um, "Kill or Be Killed." I could see Martin Scorsese doing before uh, doing a, a cinematic universe, Masters or some shit. Yeah. Um, now, can you imagine uh, Martin Scorsese directed "Kill or Be Killed"? Now I just want to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> I, what would the ultimate funny thing would be if he just did like what if Dan Mintz is like the guy who just knows it all and he's like what? Yes, Dan Mintz knows that Martin Scorsese really wants to do a Valiant movie. Yeah, that Quantum and Woody. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. It's like, it's a dream. I mean, like maybe he's a big fan of Scorsese. I mean, like I would love it if the, the directors I like, you know, were in the Valiant universe. You know, I'd love to see something like. Takashi Miike or Quentin Tarantino. No, uh, it's nice to dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can hope. Yeah. <laughs> if we really want to mess it up, just get J.J. Abrams. Hey, come on now. <laughs> <sighs> He's made some pretty good movies. You know. I can't think of anything that I love that he's made. I think he did something in the beginning of his career that was actually like, oh, that was actually good. I don't know. I I just don't know what. I I, I forgot. I remember when I figured out what it was, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, never mind. I I think it was the first season of Lost is what I was referencing to. That's it. Just the first season. (laughs) Jesus. Didn't he do those Star Trek movies? Yeah, the first one's okay. Yeah, the first one's yeah. good. But I mean, it's just okay. I mean, here's the thing: I, I I'm kind of like love or hate with Star Trek. So I like there's like I like some stuff, or I mean I love some stuff and some stuff I just hate. So I mean like I'm not a good like representation of a fan, I guess, because I know that a lot of people who like Star Trek like it overall. They they can see a lot of joy in most of it. Whereas for me, I'm like. I really like Next Gen. I like a couple of the movies. That's really about it. Oh, and his Spider-Man apparently tanked. Yeah. Comic. Did that come out? I don't think it ever finished, is what uh, Aaron's saying. Oh, I don't think it... Anyway. Anyway, yeah, who cares about him? Anyway. Uh, going off on several tangents. Um, no, I think that the Bloodshot movie was really good. Here's what we should do. We got to rank it. We got to rate it on a scale of one to five. One being absolute shit no one should ever watch ever in the history of eternity. And you're probably going to want to slit your wrists if you watch it. Five being this movie is utter perfection and it's so good that Scorsese wants to enter this universe. It's so good that Scorsese wishes he did it. <laughs> um, Not a five. <laughs> so on that scale, one to five, where are we putting it? Where are we putting it, guys? You want to go first, Seizure? Uh, I think we should have the Homer go first. You, you're up, Eric. Ooh. 
It's clearly on a scale of one to five. Yeah, it's clearly a 10. No, really. Um, Man, it's really hard to do. It's really hard to do. Um, I would say for me, it was like a three, seven, five. I think it's solid. I think it's good. And I think that it's worth watching. Um, Is it amazing? No, it's not. But it is a really good action movie. It's a good Vin Diesel flick. And it's true to who Bloodshot is as a character. Um, I've enjoyed it every time I've watched it. Um, I've watched it, you know, doing like um, tweeting along with it on uh, Twitter uh, with, um, you know, Bloodshot Watch Party. Um, Yeah, I, I think it's a good movie. I think it's solid. It's been enjoyable. 375. Nice. It, it don't matter to me because, but I, honestly, Eric, I'm glad that's a good score. Um, I figured you loved the character so much. We we're going to get up in the 4.5 range. And, and I think, but uh, I'll be right there. Not 3.75. I'm going to say about 3.5, but exactly the same things you said though. Was it great? No. Was it good? Yeah. Was, you know, and especially when you put it in movies, right. And you start thinking about, stacking your dvds in the order that you would like your best favorite movies right and it's not going to be up there with you know your your you know the yeah it's just not going to be up there with some scorsese's movies that i've (laughs) (laughs) it's not shawshank redemption oh it's definitely not shawshank it's not stand by me it's not the goonies right but it's wow people are just naming my favorite movies man hell yeah i mean yeah i mean I, i think about the favorites but i think it's good i do think it's good um, you know, I, I think it's a good introduction. It's a good start. Um, I'm really sad and I, I'll get to this point later. Just may, I'll bring it back. I'll let Josh, give me yours. Let's get yours. Yeah. So when I wrote my review, I did, I did write a, a movie review of this one. I gave it a 3.5. I think it's a good movie. Uh, it's not great, but it's good. I think it's a great introduction for people who are curious about the character. I don't know if it's the kind of introduction that would get people to go buy the comic. And if that's the case, that's kind of sad. You know, I would hope more people would be wanting to do that when shops open up. But I thought it had some great action. Uh, that first scene in the hall, the, in the tunnel, the slow motion and the red light, I, I thought that was a, an incredible action scene. Um, I thought the last scene was really good, too. I wish that Tibbs would have had a little bit more time. wish we would have got that cool Easter egg of another bigger Valiant universe out there. But... Uh, it's still a good movie, you know, and I think that if you just if you want to get lost in a movie for an hour and a half, two hours, however long it is, it's a good movie to do with. Do it with. Do it with. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I think you you kind of got that was kind of the point that I was going to make is it it does kind of stink stink of the whole COVID and the movie launch of what this could have done or you know didn't do or you know what I mean we don't have a good idea of what really this is going to do to the comic book sells um, because it, it did. I mean, there was maybe one, one week of books came out after the movie came out and that's really it. And yeah. so it makes that really hard that there wasn't that, that push or, or even just the ability to see or not see that it made an impact or not. And, and I, and I think that's really lost in this. 
Yeah, I mean, I think something that's really big is, you know, when you go see a Captain America movie, you can walk out of the theater and go straight to a comic book shop and pick up a Captain America comic. When the Bloodshot movie came out, you didn't have that option to say, wow, I enjoyed that movie, you know, because I know a lot of people who really enjoyed the movie, um, possibly even more than I did, because, again, I think I'm hypercritical being a fan of the comics. But, you know, I don't think that... um, I don't think you'd be able to, there, there was no opportunity for someone to say, wow, I really like that movie. I'm going to go pick up a Bloodshot comic. It just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate because who knows how much more, you know, how many missed opportunities there were for people to get into the comics. Um, because at the end of the day, um, there are comics that are so much better than that movie was. Like, I think the movie was good. I don't think it was a bad movie by any stretch, but there are comics that are so much better to such insane degrees that anybody who enjoyed that movie, I think could have found, you know, if you told me if someone had never seen a move that uh, a bloodshot movie or, or excuse me, had never read a bloodshot comic and they saw that movie and they told me what was their favorite part about the movie, what they liked most about bloodshot, I would be able to, say, okay, this is the Bloodshot story that you should read, and you're going to love it ten times more than you enjoyed that movie. And I think that that's, there's a lot of stories that you could say that about. Um, but again, you know, we had that complete missed opportunity. Um, you know, they put out that brand new Bloodshot series, had the first trade all ready to go when the movie hit, and it just, unfortunately, because of COVID, it didn't land right. You know, mm-hmm. and that is not something anybody could have planned for. You know, yeah. You know, one my last thought on it, on the whole thing, is I feel like I'm real happy for Dinesh. Uh, the whole thing, you know, Dinesh Shandashani, who used to run Valiant. I just feel like he got the, you know, he got to kind of have his cake and eat it too. You know, he did so much to launch these comic book characters back for us. He he was one that, you know, went to court and, and got these characters back after they won them at auction. You know, he went to court against Dynamite and all that stuff and worked so hard to get these books out and then you know what happened happened you know bad business deals happen but i'm real happy for the dude man like he was just a fan <laughs> you know he was just a fan like any of us you know and uh he just really like was able to achieve something really cool here you know like he got to help put the comics out and then he got to help get blood on the screen you know and i just think that's great for him and hopefully you know that dude's got a long career uh full of bad ideas you know whether they're in movies or whether they're in comics or all agreed. Yep. No, I totally agree. Yeah, excited for those. Um, excited for those. And you know, this is this was kind of one of the goals that was set, and it finally happened. And so I think that's great. Um, I think if Sony didn't give their leak, it would have been cooler to have a more of a surprise because um, it felt like we waited a long time for it. Uh, yeah. But these things happen. These things do take a long time, and. Uh, you know, I'm just excited that it was gonna be with Sony. That it was that Harbinger was gonna be with Sony, and now at least it's still picked up with another uh, company in general. That it wasn't just dropped. Yeah. Um, that would be twice as bad to have heard it being dropped instead of picked up by Paramount. And you know, I believe I remember hearing some news recently about Paramount being sold or something, um, or partnering with somebody. So hopefully, we get to see more of it in uh, in other things. So. And Paramount also yeah. has their Paramount Network, which is great. 
um, which would be a really cool combination if they get connected. Valiant gets connected with Paramount with a movie to eventually maybe get some Paramount uh, series ran through that. Yeah, um, I definitely would be happy to see movies and TV shows and animation and all kinds of stuff. But um, yeah, definitely want to say thanks um, to everybody watching and listening. Uh, Mark Molino hanging out with us, Aaron Nagy, Gomer. Um, yeah, definitely happy to uh, or Charles Upton. Yeah, happy to have everybody um, hanging out with us, talking about the Bloodshot movie, talking about Valiant. Um, we will be back soon. Hopefully have new books to talk about soon. And, um, you know, we will continue sharing our love of Valiant. Um, but I think that that will be all for our uh, Bloodshot movie conversation. Yeah, I was going to say, on the note of new books, I mean, Valiant did send out a press, co- uh, you know, press copy of a book to us, like, last weekend. So Yeah, I think I like said June 26th is the, the, the foreseeable date on that press that we got. So we're hoping that June 26, I believe, if that if the if the dates add up and it's a Wednesday, then I, then I, I read it right. But uh, yeah. we're, we're crossing our fingers and hoping. So comics are going to be in our future. That's that's a good thing. Yeah, we'll have books to review. We've still got to finish up Visitor. We've still got to finish up Doctor Tomorrow. We've got to finish up Quantum and Woody. Um, there's more Bloodshot to come. There's more Exo Manowar to come. Right. Um, wait, wait, wait! Did Quantum and Woody win this week? Did they even have a thing this week? Oh, no, okay. I don't think I, they had one this week. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I've just been so busy with other stuff in life that I, I, I thought they might have won Heroes of the Week. And I was going to be kind of quite surprised. <laughs> so. Yeah. This has, been a, this has been quite the week this week. Yeah. Um, well, this is your week to pick your Hero of the Week. And may I say, Quantum and Woody would be a good hero to pick right now because it's showing diversity with the two brothers. And we all Nothing know wrong with that. Off. So... We could all use a little bit of interracial brotherly love. Hell yeah, BLM. Yeah, BLM, absolutely. Black Lives Matter. And um, we all need to support each other and, and be there for each other and lift each other's voices up. Obviously, we don't have the most diverse group of people here, but um, we're definitely all supporters of diversity and equality. Yep. That's right. That's right. So, Again, thanks, everybody, for watching, for listening, supporting us, supporting Valiant. We will see you guys all next time. Signing off, I am Eric Baumgard. I'm Josh Rathbun. And I'm Hoosier. And this has been Get Valiant. Stay Valiant. Get it and stay it. <laughs>